1: Volcanoes, earthquakes, glaciers, and tsunamis, all a part of Alaska's geology. The truth and history about Mother Nature's natural hazards explained on The Fault in the Facts with Michaela Clark. Welcome to The Fault in the Facts. I'm Michaela Clark. Here, we talk about the truth and history of Mother Nature, and explain her natural hazards. In continuation of the last episode, today we'll be talking about tsunamis. We'll hear from an expert, as well as a man who survived the deadly 1964 Valdez tsunami. We see tsunamis portrayed many different ways on TV shows and movies, but I want to strike down any faults in the facts and explain whether tsunamis look like they do on TV. I talked with Dave Snyder with the Tsunami Warning Center, who answered the question.
0: Probably not. Uh, We uh, draw them in in breaking waves. They look a lot like surf waves in a lot of cartoons and animations because it's really hard to conceptualize what a significant tsunami would appear as.
1: The 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami. More than 18,000 people killed the water impacting more than 1,200 miles of Japan's coastline, with a maximum wave height of nearly 130 feet.
0: It looks a lot more like a great flood coming in off of the ocean, and it just keeps coming and coming until it crests over 18-foot seawalls and inundates cities and starts moving homes, businesses, and places that normally are are untouchable by seawater.
1: As survivors have witnessed, there are many misconceptions when it comes to what tsunamis look and act like.
0: It might appear as kind of a growing crest of water, but not a breaking surf wave. Uh, It wouldn't look anything like a a towering wave, most likely. Uh, It would just continue to be uh, added water level rising and rising until it moves over places that are, are usually dry.
1: And some fiction productions get another thing wrong. A real tsunami isn't just one wave.
0: A tsunami is a series of waves, and the first wave may not be the greatest surge of water that you experience during that time.
1: Every tsunami and coastline is different. Waves can continue for hours and sometimes days, and not all tsunamis start with the same warning signs.
0: The water may not recede first before surging in at a higher level. The water could simply surge in first before it retreats again and then comes back in a second or third wave.
1: And one of the greatest threats lurks inside the water.
0: There's going to be a lot of debris and uh, things that are in the water that shouldn't be in the water that would cause great harm to you if you're trying to move through that water. Um, And it just wouldn't be a really pleasant situation to try and navigate or walk through.
1: But I want to do more than having an expert tell you what waves look like. In this next story, I'll introduce you to a man who will take us back in time to share his firsthand account of the Valdez tsunami after Alaska's 1964 earthquake. Early spring in south-central Alaska. Ice chunks floating with the current not too far from the shoreline, but as good of time as any for tsunami danger.
0: Tsunamis don't have a season. Earthquakes happen all the time. Uh, About 85% of uh, tsunamis are caused by significant earthquakes and those can happen all year
1: long. In fact, it was March 27, 1964, when now 70 year old Dan Kendall witnessed the Valdez tsunami that succeeded the 9.2 Great Alaska earthquake.
2: My perspective and experience is told from the standpoint of a 12 year old. And so this is a boy that, that this is the biggest adventure that could ever come a young boy's way. <laughs>
1: family had lived in Valdez for about eight years.
2: We left Valdez the next day at noon after the earthquake and tidal waves. It's obvious the the town wasn't habitable after the earthquake.
1: That evening, Kendall went to the dock to greet a ship with two boys he knew from school.
2: After a while, they said, well, let's play hide-and-go-seek, and And we did that for a while, and I realized it wasn't hide-and-go-seek, it was Ditch Danny.
1: As it was near dinner time, he decided to head home, the boys staying behind. It was the last time he would ever see them.
2: As I'm going home off the dock, other people I know are walking onto the dock. And, uh, and so I walked home into the house and the earthquake started.
1: And within minutes, a tsunami was destroying Valdez Coast. Kendall and a few of his siblings went into the street, splashing in the water, that was making its way far past the shoreline.
2: We walked down basically till we got our feet wet from the water coming in. And that's kind of when we came to our senses and said, hey, we shouldn't be here.
1: <laughs> Not knowing he was witnessing a deadly disaster.
2: The wave didn't come in this far with a strong force like you'd imagine. It, it came in into town like a, a, an extra high tide and brought a lot of debris with it and, and uh, you know, there was nothing that wasn't touched by the earthquake and the after effects, the waves.
1: At the time, the tsunami was wiping out the dock and the ship onlookers were now gone.
2: I, I knew all of them. There were 33, something like that. They, they found one body and that was the, our neighbor directly behind us.
1: And later, his mother asked him to take on a burden, one that would help ease his neighbor's trauma.
2: She took me around to the family's houses To tell that I saw their dad or their son or their brother on the dock. That was probably the most emotional part of of, of that day completely.
1: Now, 58 years later, looking back at a photo of the dock's ruins.
2: You know, the life of Valdez was right there at that moment.
1: Treating a photo as a memorial.
2: You know, this represents to me the people that perished on that day
1: reflecting on the moment.
2: There was, there was something bigger than me that told me to go home, and, 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 I, and I did that.
1: A 12-year-old, keeping his life just blocks from where people were losing theirs.
2: Well, my, my Protestant friends always ask me if I've been saved, and I say, well, I was saved on March 27th, 1964, at 5.36 p.m. I mean, it, it's a clear event in my life that just, changed
1: dramatically. A humbling story from someone who was in the midst of a disaster. It shows a piece of history and one tale of what Alaskans endured on that Good Friday nearly 60 years ago. But now that we know what tsunamis really do look like, I'd like to help prepare you in case you ever encounter one. Here's what experts say you should do if a tsunami is on its way. At the National Tsunami Warning Center in Palmer, Short period alarm. Scientists like Terry Nichols are working around the clock.
0: 4.2. But you can see it's located in an area where there are a lot of earthquakes. <clears throat> That's what these red dots are for.
1: To warn you of a potential tsunami coming your way.
0: And so this is only a 4.2 um, magnitude earthquake, so there's nothing really to worry about. We encourage people that the first sign of danger, whether it's a warning from the National Tsunami Warning Center or a long and strong shaking or seeing the water recede and do unusual things or make unusual sounds is to get up and move away from the coastline as quickly as possible.
1: Snyder says it's important to act immediately.
0: An earthquake lasting longer than 20 seconds is a really good sign that you're experiencing a significant earthquake. And if it's close to you, that means a tsunami could be arriving in less than 10 to 15 minutes. It's time to head to higher ground.
1: Once you get there, he says wait for further instructions. If you're in a harbor or marina, get off the water and gain elevation.
0: We recommend people move in one mile inland or 100 feet up, or both.
1: He says if you're already that far inland and that high up, you may not need to evacuate right away.
0: The best thing to do is check with your local emergency management, help them help you find that evacuation route and that risk map for your community and know if you're in danger.
1: But in emergency situations, not everything goes as planned. If you do find yourself in tsunami waters, Snyder says you should still work on getting out of the water.
0: Try and find some type of high ground or building or structure to climb up on and and wait it out until rescue arrives.
1: Know the signs and take the strides to protect yourself and your loved ones.
0: The, The greatest risk from any tsunami is just the loss of life.
1: The World Health Organization says in the 19-year period between 1998 and 2017, more than 250,000 deaths worldwide were attributed to tsunamis, and more than 90% of those were from the Indian Ocean tsunami in 2004. But this show is called The Fault in the Facts, and I want to end with the fact about a fault. There are multiple ways that tsunamis can be created, but today we'll talk about how faults generate tsunamis. At subduction zones where one plate is sliding underneath another, the top plate compresses with tension. It eventually releases, moving the ground, which creates a ripple in the ocean that leads to a tsunami. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Fault in the Facts. It's a monthly segment right here on Alaska's News Source digital platforms. And we wanna know if you have any misconceptions or questions about mother nature that you want answered. You can email us at streamingnews at KTUU.com. dot com.